Hey, badass friends. Uh, Today we're going to talk about five little steps that you can take to keep any old triggers that you have from controlling your mood. So we all know that triggers lead us to certain thoughts. Those thoughts lead us to certain actions and then those actions have consequences. And this can happen any day at any time. But I'm going to help you Make sure that those old triggers don't affect your mood. That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Badass Midlife, a podcast for women in midlife where we talk about past hangups, regrets, guilt, and how the ups and downs have made us into the resilient women we are today. We talk about what to let go of, how to move on, and how to do your midlife like a badass. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Badass Midlife. I'm really excited about this episode, first of all, because I love talking about emotional triggers and how we can self-regulate our moods. This is like one of my passion projects, like I said. Um, But also because we're going to have a three-day challenge on mood mastery in midlife, and it's going to be a blast. You can get more information on that and when that's going to be and how to sign up on the Badass Midlife Podcast Facebook group. So go to Facebook, Badass Midlife Podcast, join that group there and just kind of stay tuned, watch for what we're doing and look out for the three-day Mood Mastery in Midlife Challenge. It's going to be so fun coming up real soon and it's going to be a little bit of a deeper dive into the subject that we're talking about today. So We talked about how triggers do something to us, right? Something will pop into our head that will trigger a thought. That thought leads us to do a certain thing and then that certain thing has consequences. And that sounds like it's a really fast process, but it's not. Uh, Sometimes these things can span over a length of time. Sometimes they are things that continue to repeat themselves over and over and over. And we're always thinking like what why does this always happen to me when actually we need to get control of the trigger because it's the thing that's causing this action to continue to repeat itself so anybody's response to a triggering event is going to vary it's going to be based on whatever your frame of mind or your mood is at the moment And whatever the circumstances were surrounding that situation. So it triggers anything. It can be a memory. It can be an experience. It could be the tone of voice that somebody had. Um, It could be a smell, like I said, a sound. Any triggering event that sparks an intense emotional reaction, regardless of your current mood. And so that part, regardless of your current mood, that's how you know that this is a trigger because you go from zero to a hundred. You go from completely content to completely pissed. You go from serene and calm to a nervous wreck. And it just happens like that, like the flip of a switch. So you see this a lot in um, things like post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that. But today I'm just going to talk about how we can really watch out for these signals And the things that we can do, how to better deal with them so that we can have really good, positive, emotional health. So I want to give you an example. 
So let's say that I don't ride a bike anymore because the last time that I rode a bike, it hurt my butt so bad that I was sore for three days. And that made me decide that the pain uh, from the bike was enough that I would just avoid riding bikes forever. In my mind, I just said to myself, bikes cause my butt to hurt and it's just not worth it. Yes, it was fun, but I was sore for three days and that was the end of that. So I just avoid that activity. This is a true story. So I'm just going to take you on this journey of one thing that happened to me and I'm going to give you this example. So this is true. I don't ride bikes because during a period of time when I was trying to really like get into it, I ended up being so sore. It was so uncomfortable and miserable. I was just like, I'm done, right? Now, was that the best decision? Is that the only decision that I could have made about my butt being sore? Am I comfortable with the consequence of that decision, which is now I have one less thing that I can do to be active. That's actually the consequence. I'm not doing it. I have one less option to be active, one less opportunity to do something cute and fun with my sister. Was that the best decision? So what if the soreness meant something else to me and I really just would lean into it? So if the soreness only meant that I should take some time to find the perfect bike seat or maybe get a new bike that had less impact on my rear end. Then I could act on that thought, which would lead to the action of getting a really awesome bike seat or new bike. And then the consequence would be having a fun, healthy, comfortable new habit. And one more thing that I could do with my sister. So let's walk through the old and the new thoughts. Old trigger, old thought, action consequences. Bike riding hurt my bottom. I don't like pain, so I want to avoid that at all costs, so no more bike riding. The new self-regulated thought. Bike riding hurt my bottom once. I didn't like that pain, but I bet it was because I had the wrong seat or bike for me. I think I'm going to look into getting one of those comfy cruiser bikes or cruiser seats so then I can go bike riding a couple times a week and it'll be another option for me to stay active, get some fresh air, have some fun, good for my health, and it'll keep my exercise routine exciting and I can do one more social thing. So now think of how that little example can apply to triggers in your life and in your relationships. So think about how you can help yourself reframe the trigger for you so that it can yield positive consequences. Because the whole point here is that the trigger ends up in a consequence and the consequence many times is something that we don't like, but then we continue to complain about it. And really, it's because we haven't reframed the trigger to mean something different. So we didn't reframe it. So it always means the same thing. So we always do the same action and we always have the same consequence. So 
The first thing to do is when you find yourself taking an action, right? You find yourself avoiding something, resisting or saying no. And you want to really get to the bottom of that. You want to get back to the why. So in my situation, I don't ride a bike because riding bikes hurts me and I don't like feeling physical pain and bikes equal pain. That's what I came to. That's the conclusion I came to in my example. I was avoiding something. I was I was saying no to it. I just literally took riding a bike out of the potential things I could do in my life. I haven't considered buying a bicycle for years because of that thought that came from a triggering feeling or emotion. But if I would have asked myself why the first time that I thought, I wonder why I don't ride a bike or I see people riding a bike and I think, well, that looks fun. Take a moment and just pause and say, that looks fun, dot, dot, dot. Why don't I do that? And then by asking yourself why, you will get back to whatever the source of that action was. So if your why is bikes cause pain, the step two now is ask yourself, is that true? Is that true that all bikes will do that? Every single one ever made is going to do that. There are no good bike seats. All these people that are riding bikes are going home and suffering pain for days after they ride their bike. So you can see that it's not true. So we can see that in an, in an emotional situation, right? In a relationship that you avoid or that you've closed yourself off to a certain thing. And you've made a decision that that certain thing means this. Therefore, you can never have that kind of relationship again. But you really have to ask yourself, is that true? Let's say you have uh, a type of person that you like to hang out with and they're introverted. And the reason that you hang out with introverts is because one time you had this extremely extroverted friend and she embarrassed you to death when you would go out. Just embarrassed you to the point where at first it was funny and now it's like, ooh, I can't be around you. Like, this is a lot. I'm not trying to draw this attention to myself. And so in your mind, your, your beautiful, complex mind, it was starting to create this story that you can't hang around with extroverts because they embarrass you and you don't want to be embarrassed, right? So immediately when you meet someone that's a little extroverted, you have that trigger where you're like, oh no, I'm not falling for this. I'm not, no, we are not going to be friends because I already know what's going to happen. We're going to go get coffee. We're going to go get dinner. And you are going to embarrass me. No. I need to have introverts as friends. I need to have friends like me. And really, I have to ask myself, why have I gotten to that point? Well, it was because of that past incident. And is that true that all extroverts are going to embarrass me? Of course, that's not true. 
Of course, that's not true, but I really burned that whole message into my psyche. I was convinced and I convinced myself. So what have I done? The consequences, I probably have fewer exciting relationships because let's face it, extroverts are kind of fun. And so I'm kind of depriving myself of having another layer you know, of allowing my personality to unfold and to interact with someone who's different than I am because I made a decision that was based on something that happened once, but that isn't always true. So step one, ask yourself why. Step two, ask yourself, is that true? Is it really true? Step three, ask yourself, what else could I think or what other action could I take? So if that's not true, what would be true? Well, what's true is I had the wrong bike seat or the wrong bike. What also could be true is I rode too long the first day, so I should ease into it next time. What also could be true is I didn't have enough air in the tires. Uh, any number of things, right? Maybe I did need a certain type of, you know, bike short. I don't know. Maybe they're, my pants were like bunching up and it made, it made me be more sore than I would have been otherwise. There could be a lot of other reasons for that action. And so when I think of, okay, well, that wasn't true. Here are the possibilities then I can go forward from there and take a different action because I now know that that wasn't true and I can go do the next thing, which is go look for the bike, go look for the new seat, get the proper clothes, make sure the tires are pumped up, all of those things. So that other thought that you have could lead you to the other action that you could take, which would be any one of those things. And in the friend scenario, what's another action you could take? Well, you could always just test the water because maybe it was just that one friend that embarrassed you. Maybe you could just go get coffee. Maybe you were already in a fussy mood that day. Maybe whenever you would go out to certain places with the extrovert friend that embarrassed you, maybe you were just in the wrong kind of place. Maybe if you would have gone to a different kind of atmosphere with that friend, it would have been perfect and it would have fit in and you would have had a blast. But because of where you chose to go, it turned that into a different emotion. So what other thing could you think, what other action could have been possible that caused that, right? And then that's number three. And number four is to just think of more. There's always some alternative action that could have caused what you were feeling. And if you really explore all of the possibilities, some are going to be on you. Some are going to be on the circumstances. Some are going to be the day of the week, the time, the other person, everything, the month, the season, the weather. There are so many things that come into play when we respond to these triggers that it's definitely worth thinking of as many alternative reasons 
as we can rather than just throwing out the whole situation for good. Just think of how many things that you possibly have thrown out for good, that you've given up on for good because you made up your mind what happened. You made the whole story, you tied it up in a bow, and you put it on a shelf never to be opened up again. Well, my badass journey is all about go get it, take off the bow, and let's figure out what the heck is going on. Why are you saying no to something as mundane as having an extroverted friend when it could be a blast? Why are you not riding a bike, woman? Why? Well, I told myself a story and we all do this. There are things that you, if you think about, that you're not doing right now because one time or every time, we like to say every time I fill in the blank and it's not that you've done it a thousand times. It maybe happened once or twice and then you gave up. But if you looked at those two situations and you were like, but why, why that day was that particularly bad? What made that day make me want to throw in the towel on this activity? What part of it was my fault? How about that one? Right? I love that one. What part of that was my fault? Because we are so good at just saying, well, it was her. It was the way she acted. It was so annoying and disrespectful. But what part of it could have been your fault? Did you set a stage that, that kind of showed her that you were already annoyed? Did you do something that then exacerbated her uh, mood and made it worse? Did you contribute to how she was acting in any way? Could she have just been in a bad mood? Could the situation have just been one of those things where it's like, oh, this is not going to go well, right? But instead of just writing things off as, huh, that didn't go well, we file it away as never again. When really it's just something that happened one time or a couple times. And when we feel triggered by that similar thing again, we just don't even examine it anymore. We don't even care to look. We don't even care to ask why. So that's the biggest part. Ask yourself why when you're avoiding something or saying no. I caught myself doing this a lot when I first moved up to the Chicagoland area. I mean, people would ask me to do things and I would just be like, no, no, no. Because it was a weeknight, right? Because... Uh, apparently on weeknights, you can't go out. That was my that was my ridiculous thought in my head. Like, we don't go out on weeknights because weeknights are for coming home and making a little something to eat and getting cozy and, you know, doing the laundry and da-da-da. And that's what weeknights were for. And then you go to bed at a decent time and you wake up tomorrow and you do all the same shit again. Okay, well, that's great. And that's great for some of the nights, but would it be terrible to take one night and break up the week a little bit? And it's not like you're going to stay out till, you know, 2 a.m. It's like get off work, go for a couple drinks, be home and do all that other stuff. You still have plenty of time, even if you're home by 8. 
So we do these things that we um, create the no in our mind, create the resistance. We say no, we don't, we don't want to participate in something, an activity. We, we just disconnect because of some old trigger. So important thing, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, is it true? What else could have made that situation be that way that I didn't think of as a possibility? What other contributors could there have been that made that bad rather than the thing that I'm thinking? And then think of more things like that. Think of all the possibilities that could have made that a negative in your mind and it will help you leave that old trigger in the dust because now you have such a library of things that could have actually been true and that actually are true, right? Because in my case, there's no reason to, to never ride a bike again because bikes equal pain. Is that true? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if I rode 10 miles and I've never ridden a bike before, but it's not really true because all I have to do is have the right bike, have the right seat, pace myself, all of those things. So if you think of all of the alternatives, then that trigger won't be a trigger anymore. You're going to see a bike the next time you see people riding bikes and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it is a good night for a bike ride. I'm going to go. Look at the difference. Look at the difference instead of I can't, I don't ride bikes. I don't do that because that hurts me. Now it's, oh my gosh, it is a good night for that. It's called living into the things that have stopped you and making them not stop you anymore. Live your life. Don't let these triggers own you. They don't own you. You decide. And then whenever you're ready to decide what that meant, move toward one of the actions. That's the final step. Is the action that I'm going to get a new seat? Go do it. Is the action that uh, I'm just going to pace myself? Go do it. You can do any of the things that could have possibly contributed to your slamming the door, just twist one of those things and take action on it and it will change the consequence, which in my case is I don't ride bikes and I've really deprived myself of another fun activity. And that's a consequence that that's just not worth it. Do you know people that sabotage relationships or irrationally give up on someone. I've done it myself in the online dating world because I've had a couple negative interactions. And so to me, that came to mean that there's only one type of person out there and um, they're all gonna be negative interactions. And so I very rarely subject myself to it anymore. Consequent, consequence there, limiting myself of the option of finding the right relationship. So I avoid it because there have been some past duds and it just feels like a waste of time to even try because all of them are like that. But is it a waste of time? Not really because everybody wants a good relationship and the consequence is mine that I've limited my options for that for myself. It wasn't the method 
it just so happened I got a couple of duds, right? So that's me going into why. Is that true? What's an alternative? Well, maybe I could screen better. Maybe I could make my bio a little more accurate and transparent. Maybe I could ask more questions. If I don't want to date someone that doesn't like kids, then I need to make that very clear from the get-go so I don't end up with a dud that starts to bash on kids, right? So the more information I have, the more I'm going to kind of filter through those frogs and get to the right person. Maybe we could talk more before the date, right? Communicate exactly the parameters, the expectations. So if you find yourself repeating a behavior or having something that continues to happen to you, or you continue to say no, or something that um, makes you continuously or repeatedly angry or upset, avoiding certain situations, activities, or people, the biggest favor that you can do yourself is to identify the trigger. What caused me to just snap like that? Why did that happen? Was it actually true that first time that this negative thing happened? Was that actually true? And was that the only reason that that could have happened? Did I think that all extroverts were bad and that was a true statement because it was just true? Or did I think all extroverts were bad and there could have been a million reasons why I made that decision that night? And extroverts aren't bad. And it was just partly me and partly the circumstances and partly the situation and the environment, the day, her mood, my mood. There's so many things that could have been going on. And we just slammed the door on so much because we insist for some reason to stay stuck in an old thought pattern and follow along with whatever a negative trigger is. So friends, that's all that I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Friends, if you are enjoying the Badass Midlife Podcast, please subscribe and then hop over and give me a five-star review. It would make me so happy and it really, really helps us a lot. Also, join the Badass Midlife Podcast Facebook group. That's where we'll post a little bit more about upcoming shows. You can comment on past shows. You'll see future guests. And also that will be where we show you what upcoming challenges we're going to have for this badass midlife community that you can join into. So thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time.